You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 136. Talk about minimally viable businesses with Alexandria Taylor Cox. What is the fastest way to 100K without having a course, posting daily on social media, or sending spammy DMs? Alexandria is going to tell us all about it today. Born and raised in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, Alexandria Taylor Cox is the definition of Midwestern sweet. She is a digital marketing consultant at Alexandria Taylor Cox Media and the founder of Lead Panda, an all-in-one software for coaches and course creators who want to simplify their tech stack. She has been working in the marketing industry since 2017. Alexandria loves to work on designing funnels and systems that help small business owners take back their time and create financial freedom without diminishing their customer service. Alexandria understands the frustration and overwhelm that comes with building an online business. That's why she's on a mission to help you clarify your message, create a winning offer strategy, and build your beautiful sales funnels. Alexandria is a gem, and she has so much beautiful wisdom to share with us on this week's episode. So grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to tell you about a fabulous in-person event that some of my favorite wedding pros are putting together for you. I am thrilled to share the news about the Wedding Pro CEO Summit, a summit by wedding pros for wedding pros who are ready to build the business they've always dreamed of. This is a three-day summit. It is a fully immersive experience where you'll get to take a deep dive into the mindset, strategies, and systems you need to become the CEO of your business. This is a very unique summit because it is so intimate, less than 100 attendees. And that will afford you to spend more time with wedding experts who can provide you with personalized steps that will move the needle forward in your business. It'll give you more confidence to make meaningful connections with other like-minded entrepreneurs. And it will give you the opportunity to implement through hands-on workshops that put theory into action. The summit is being held August 15th through 18th in Orlando, Florida. And right now, tickets are on an early bird special until May 15th. And you can use the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, for $100 off your ticket. So go to the link at www.renedallo.com forward slash Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-E-E. That's Brandy, as in Brandy Gar, the host of the Wedding Pro CEO Summit. We'll be posting more on the summit in the weeks to come. But for now, go check out more info at the link, renedallo.com forward slash Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-E-E. Now on with the show. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. And this week, I am joined by the fabulous Alexandria Cox. Alexandria, how are you? I am doing amazing. How are you? Ah, well, that is music to my ears. And no one ever says amazing these days. Everyone just gives me some version of like, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. I actually the other day had a friend and she was talking about how things were kind of going wrong, but she didn't like she didn't know how to like express that without being like, I don't know how to say to other people. And I told her like my secret is always to say when I'm not when I'm at a loss, regardless if it's like super great and I don't want to share anything because I'm doing a secret project or it's really bad and I don't want to share it. I always just say it's unbelievable with a lot of enthusiasm (laughs) because unbelievable could go either way. And as long as I say with enthusiasm, somebody's like, okay, that's awesome. I I believe that I will be stealing that from you. (laughs) 
it's yeah, it, it's because it's true. You can be like, oh, it's unbelievable. You can be like, it is an unbelievable shit show. But it doesn't matter because people can take it any way they want. <laughs> I was talking to some friends. I was just um, in New York a couple of days ago and we were seeing a friend's show. And another friend said to me, what do you say if you don't like the show? And I said, oh, we have a code for that. <laughs> like, what is it? I said, well, if you're at someone's show and you don't like it at the end, when they say, what do you, what did you think? You say, it looks like you're having, it looks like, <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. It looks like you had a lot of fun up there, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same energy as it's unbelievable. It's like, you can take it any way you want. It looks like they had a lot of fun up there. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, that's not what we're talking about today. I got sidetracked immediately. Here we go. Uh, today's topic is how to create a minimally viable business. And first, just tell us what that means to you. But in minimally viable business or an MVB for everyone else, because I know that's a mouthful, is <laughs> being able to start making money in your business or to continue making money in your business in a predictable and profitable way that doesn't have you putting a ton of effort into it. And for like my service-based businesses, a lot of with, with the educational boom or with all the things that we're learning about online marketing, especially with the pandemic and with everything shifting to this online space, we all know that you should have an email list. You should have social media. You should have a blog. You should possibly have a course. You should possibly have a tiny product. And with everyone focusing on those as a way to grow your business, for someone starting out or someone just trying to keep their head above water because maybe they are actually physically in their business because they physically do stuff like obviously people in the wedding industry do yeah. or mompreneurs or people who have um, small children, dads, stay-at-home moms, everybody. Like, you have so many other things to do. Yeah. That adding on something like creating a blog weekly or showing up on Instagram daily can just feel and be exhausting. So a minimally viable business is something that gets you profit or to the point where you can have a predictable and profitable business to support your family without feeling like you have to do all of the exhaustive things. So you're just doing the minimum to be viable. This is such a freeing idea because I know all of my wedding pros listening are like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? We have to, we have to work until we bleed in order to make money. And now you're like, you actually don't. And that's, that's a big mindset shift. Do you think? Yes, it is. And for me, it was when I finally realized that, like, I, it's that idea of, um, I forget what the, how to pronounce it, but like it's that 2080 rule, 20% mm. of what you're doing is really going to produce 80% of your revenue. And once you have that, Instead of being caught up in the rat race of, oh, I need to have a six-figure business or a seven-figure business to really be making it, are you okay with a boutique style? Are you okay with just making what makes you happy? Because there's always that idea of the, um, are you going to work your business till you bleed and then finally get your those moments where you can go hang out with the kids because you got to the end of your life where you now can retire from that business that you bleed, bleed it in? Or are you going to work the business and also have those moments so you can enjoy it? You're not living life to work versus working to live. And I think so many of us, I mean, statistically, we, we've we read the reports about, you know, people, the great resignation, people leaving the workforce, people wanting more work-life balance. Like if the pandemic and the lockdown of the pandemic, I think gave us anything, it gave us the the feeling that, you know, this is what it could feel like <laughs> if you if you redid your life a little bit, you know? Yes, definitely. That freedom. I mean, certainly not the dread and the uncertainty of like not knowing what was going to happen, but the, for me at least, you know, because I, I run a wedding planning business and I have the education space. For me, there was a, a lot of what felt like freedom and not having to answer to my clients on a daily basis during the, during the lockdown, like for sure. 
And it makes me feel sort of guilty to say that now that I'm back in wedding planning uh, pretty much full steam. I miss the days where I wasn't, my hours were not really beholden to anyone else. And that is where having an MVB is really nice in general, or even just when you really start taking stock of your business and what is working and what is not working and what can you start delegating. And that's when you get kind of get deeper down the rabbit hole. But when you start really realizing those things and you start deciding, what am I going to do with my hours and getting very intentional about it? Like I only answer my emails during the first hour of my day. So I wake up, I, once I finally get to my desk, I answer emails then, and I answer emails at the end of the day, because it's not productive unless I'm specifically looking for an email to go back and forth and like continuously go back and forth and check my emails. I learned that when I was actually working in nine to five, like I will answer your emails at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, and anything else has to roll over or doesn't get answered during the middle of the day. There's, I just, I didn't have time for it and it didn't make sense for me to do it. And it's why I was one of the top performers at my job, because I didn't allow those minimal distractions. And then I also do VIP days. So days where I'm strictly working for one person, and that's the only person that I'm answering to. And that has made it so that way I can really start focusing my time because the days that I'm not doing VIP days, I know what I'm doing on those days. And if it's an admin day for me, I'm not really focusing on emails or calls or anything of that nature. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea to to consider, especially for my wedding planners listening. You know, I know a lot of wedding planners spend 99% of their day bogged down in answering emails from clients because that is that seems to be like the job, right? But then you think about all the other things that encompass the job. And it it's never really about answering those emails, right? And yeah, I love that perspective. So tell me about building an MVB for yourself. That's actually hard to say, MVB. <laughs> What's the first step here? So the first step with creating an MVB is really just being able to know your market. So for me, it was me getting on and starting to have conversations and looking up like, is Mark, do I have the market research to behind it? Which most people, if they're already in their business or if they're just starting their business, they probably already have a good idea of that. But for so many that are just getting off the, like that are just so excited about their passion, they probably dive into it and they're like, I'm going to do this thing because they know it can make money and they don't know their, they don't know their audience yet. They don't know where they hang out. They don't know what questions they're asking. So I love the first part is just really getting to know your people. So where do they hang out? Are they Instagram people? Are they Facebook people? Are they coffee house people? Where are, do they hang out and start figuring and start having conversations with them there? Great. So then once you've done that, what's step two? So two is cre actually creating those conversations. So you're not creating content. You're not creating blogs, but having conversations with them and free and unfiltered conversations. So you're at the coffee shop because you know that like your people are like you're creating a coffee brand and you're talking like you start talking to people about, hey, what makes you choose that coffee? Is that your everyday coffee? Do you try something new every time you come here? Is this your normal place? Like starting to have conversations with them to the point where they open up to you. And if they ask a question that you know the answer to, you give it to them completely in a way that makes sense for them. So for a coffee shop, it's probably they ask like, oh, I really like this uh, a bland coffee that I can jazz up with different tastes. So if you know a coffee bean that's like that, suggest it to them. If you're online and in the Facebook space because you like talk, because that's where your people show up or for wedding people, it's probably Pinterest. Having conversations and answering questions there, being able to be very present and answering questions to the point where someone else says, oh, this person knows their stuff, mm -hmm. which is, so for some people, they, they especially tell you to only give away the why or the what of it yeah, and never give away the how. I am very much a give them the how, because most likely the question that they're answering could have been Googled and <laughs> yes. nine out of 10, it's something that's so simple for you to answer because you're the expert that once you answer, you open up their eyes to the fact that heck, this world is super big 
and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to need that. help from, from this person because this person actually knows what they're doing because they already told me they know what they're doing. Right. And they didn't just, yeah, because I think there also is a, now so many years into people are a little more savvy to online you know, education or online information. And if you never give the how, then there's always that risk of them being like, well, they don't really have a how. They don't really know the end of this, right? Yes. Um, I think sometimes you have to put it out there to say like, hey, I actually really do have a solution for you. Here it is, free of charge. Exactly. Go try and, it out and see for yourself. And that's the thing. A lot of people, they'll hear the explanation and then they're like, oh, heck no, I know I can't do that. <laughs> like how many times do people get on Pinterest like, oh, I can totally make 300 of these little oh, bags for all of no. my guests. And then yes. they're like, oh, that's the whole process. No, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I feel that way about many things. <laughs> I will gladly pay someone to do any of the things that I'm like, I, I'll go down the rabbit hole like one inch and be like, mm, nope, I'm going to pay somebody. But they don't think about that when it's just like, oh, this is such a pretty bag or, oh, this is such right. a pretty flower. It's not, they <laughs> right. don't think about all the things that you know you have to do for that. So when you give them right. that how, they their eyes get so big, they're like, oh, I can't do this alone. Yeah. Yes, 100%. I'm intrigued by the piece of this. And I, I think I'm probably jumping ahead. So tell me if I am. But like, you know, a lot of times when we have, you know, something to offer our audience, even if it's just that our followers on Instagram, right? There's a lot of advice out there from pretty high level people that are like, well, just get into people's DMs and just really connect with them that way. And I don't know about you, but when I'm approached that way, it feels very invasive and I don't like it. I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. And with the way in which I like doing this, when you're having these conversations, what's amazing about these conversations that people traditionally come and find you. So especially yeah. what I like about having these conversations on, uh, if you do have it on a social platform, is that other people get to see the conversations you're having. So there's times where I would have, I've answered questions like months ago and someone else pops up and says, hey, I saw that you answered Amber's question on X, Y, and Z. Can I talk to you more about that? And they'll just pop up my DMs at random. So I don't go and search out conversations and a lot of people when they do decide to like have the conversations and they do the like and if they even just touch on the how they'll just start being like I can DM you if you want to talk about this more. I don't do that. Yeah. But I still have people come to me into my DMs because they want to do the the first the first step. And I'd rather yeah. they do that cuz then it's like a permission based. I'm Agreed. asking permission by being like in by being out there and saying, "Hey, here's all the information you need." let me know how it goes and they can let me know how it goes on the post because then I can follow up with them like, oh, this is what went wrong. And it allows me to keep giving them answers and following up with them there where other people can see because the lurkers will see it. Yes. The other people, like it allows me to have another conversation with them. It allows me to find out what is another problem that I can, inst that I can add into if I'm doing an education-based business. It allows me to find another problem that I can answer with a product as well as it just allows other people to also feed into it. Cause then I can find someone that can be a partner. Like if I know the answer to the question, but it's not my specialty mm -hmm. and someone else jumps on a post or I'm at the coffee shop and someone else gets really enthusiastic about the conversation that they're overhearing us have and they start jumping in and that creates a referral partner that I can also start having. So having these conversations really just opens up my network and starts creating, if not referral partners, then possible customers, people that can give me market research. It really just opens up my world while opening up my client's world as well. Yeah, I think sometimes people are so, especially service providers, you know, and, and I, I speak from the lens of a wedding planner, but I know like some people are so um, hesitant to give like free advice because they're like, well, that's what I'm paid for. And I don't want to discount that because I think sometimes that's true, right? But I also think what we're paid for is our unique perspective on something and the things that we're passionate about. Like you said, like there are definitely some parts of wedding planning that I don't ever want to educate on. Like I'm not going to talk about budgets. I don't care. You know, 
<laughs> I know that sounds horrible, but like, I just don't. There are other people far more passionate and skilled at that specific thing. But I don't think it's ever problem for us to share our expertise freely because I really do think like energetically that always comes back to us tenfold. Exactly. And honestly, there's some things that I've, I've, I've answered some of the same questions over and over again, whether it yeah. is because I've gotten to the point where I do have the ability to have blog posts. So I've answered in blog posts. I've answered it for people on, on Facebook. I've answered for people in person. I've answered it at live events and they still end up paying me for it because they want it. I could have answered it for someone else, but we all have those people who are like, but that was for Susie's flower business. It wasn't for my business in Brooklyn. So <laughs> right. I need more. I need to know what it means for my business. And I can end up giving them the same exact perspective, but they realize it's catered to their business. Like I've heard them, I've heard their problems. I've talked to them about their business or their wedding. And they realize like, this is specific to me talking to them and it's recorded or it's on paper. And now they feel like, okay, I have a plan that's about me. And that's yeah. what's different, and that, that's what makes it slightly different. And it also allows them to ask more questions without it being my time. Because if it's someone on in a coffee shop, I'm obviously leaving at some point in time. If it's someone on Facebook, I can stop caring about this post at some point in time and go on about my day because I'm not right. going to spend eight hours on one post. That's right. But if they pay for my time, they paid for that time. They get that time. They get that focus. They get that um, uniqueness of being able to ask as many questions however they want and get it all recorded in for specifically their business. So I never think that answering a free question somewhere else is not going to earn, is not is going to keep you from being able to have people pay for your business. Okay. So step one is know your audience. Step two is have the conversations. What's the third step? So third step is once you start having these conversations is really the fact that they're going to start wanting to work with you more and having an easy way for them to move forward. So for online businesses, you most people have heard of obviously discovery calls. For wedding planners, what I found with I've had people that have physical businesses and services like this, and they very often just have their website or they don't have someplace that they can specifically send someone to to get into actually starting to get the service actually getting the service. They'll send them to their website or their portfolio or for like photographers. I've had a photographer who just basically said, oh, here's my card. And then like hope something happened or, oh, let's have a conversation. And they never actually set it up. So the next step is to make sure that you have a way to efficiently get them into buying something in your business. So if that means that you create a domain that is specific to getting them on a discovery call. Like I have chat with Alexa.com specifically for people to be able to, and I hate being, having my name shortened, which is, that's how much it took me to be able to, it, like, it was that important to me to get this domain. I was going to say, do people call you Alexa? <laughs> like I no. hate you with my name entirely, but I wanted people to be able to, if I'm having a conversation with someone on the fly, I want because I don't, I don't see the ROI in a business card. I just don't. I don't, I don't know how it's going to return on an investment for me. So I'd rather be able to say some, something to someone they're going to remember. They're not going to drop it in a trash can. They're not going to forget it somewhere. It's not going to get lost in their wallet. I say chat with Alexa. That instantly goes into their mind. And they're like, okay, if I really want to talk with her, I go to this website. I book a call. Yeah. And once they're right. on that call with me, I can move them towards the product that works best for them. Yeah. And for something like a wedding pro, you know, having a funnel, like once someone inqu inquires with you, having a funnel that kind of drips out, you know, useful information to them is going to be more valuable and and likely lead more to the, you getting them in a call than just the one reply that says, hey, I'm available here, click here to make to schedule a call with me, like giving them 
something pretty basic, like a sample timeline. If you're a DJ, like most, you know, like most popular wedding songs for this year, just something, some, some bit of value that they go, oh, okay, this DJ actually cares about, about like teaching us something. They won't think of it that way, but it'll feel that way. Yes. And what's amazing is when you normally have people sign up for when you have when you get them into this, whatever your way of doing it is. So for some people, it's the fact they specifically want to get them into a call that they book themselves because then it's a little bit more um, than making the choice and then picking their time with other people that especially when it's in person. I have a lot of clients who do what um, what a friend of mine dubbed as the play it move, where they will legitimately while they're sitting there in face to face with them say like, oh, yeah, I really want to talk to you. So I have Monday available at nine or Tuesday available at six. Which one works for you? So that way you're getting them on your calendar right as you're sitting in front of them. So that way they don't necessarily yeah. even have to go to a domain. Love Whatever that. it is, as long as you have a way to quickly get them to the point where they're talking to you in a sales format or that you're getting them to the point where you have them alone in a new setting. So that way you're not just losing the fact that you just engaged with this person. That's really smart. That's really smart. Okay. So that's step three. And then what happens after? <laughs> what happens then? <laughs> after that, you really want to make sure, like you mentioned the fact that you start educating them. So in my um, once I have their email, which is a huge part of always getting it. So you can either for when you're in person, being able to get their email, so you can add them to the Google calendar invites. So it sends, so they know it's on their calendar too. That's your sneaky way of getting their email. When it's signing up for a call, they've obviously entered their email for that call. Once you have that, the next thing is the fact that you do want to educate them a little bit. So most people, when they get a um, email that's confirming a call with someone. It's just as simple as, hey, you've got, you signed up for this call. I'm excited to see you. And then you get, they get a reminder, maybe. And then they hopefully show up for the call. I let people know, like in your confirmation emails, make it a little bit more advanced. If it's that you need to set an agenda, so that way they know, like when they get on that call, this is what we're going to do. So that way they know, like, it's a possibility we might work with each other after this. So for mine, it's a very loose agenda. It's like, we're going to talk about what your problems are in your business. Then I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I do to help people. And then after that, it's going to be, well, I, I feel like we're a match. We'll see if we can find a way to work together. So that lets them know I'm going to present something to them. There's no surprises here. Yeah. And then yeah. after the and then it's, that's not where I stop. Like, it's not like I get, they get mm. the confirmation email. Next, in a couple hours, they get an email letting them know, like, I've kind of social stalk them. And I, I really love their business, which is automated at this point in time. But I do actually go through and social stalk them and start looking at their business. So if there's something that you know that you do to start getting yourself prepared, let them know that you actually care about their answers, whatever they answered in your discovery call questions, whatever conversation you had before, let them know that you've that you actually are very intrigued about them. And then also let them know a little bit more about you. So if it is the fact that you know that there is a uh, number one DJ set list or songs that you have to have. Because if it was from when I was in Cleveland, every single wedding I went to had um, certain line dances in it. So maybe like you include a list of line dances you need to have to have a successful wedding, a, a successful wedding in whatever your town, your locality is. So that, that makes sense for you. Or include the fact that you want to talk about, that you know that what your normal packaging price is or include your portfolio in this email. So they have a way to get to know you a little bit more and to get to know, okay, this person is an expert. They know what they're talking about. I know what pricing I might, what range I might be in when I get on this call with them. So that way they're not mm -hmm. scared as heck. Cause like if I can get on a call, I've been on calls where the person where I was like, I was afraid to sign up for the call. And then I get onto the other end of the call and they're like, it's like a $40 package, which I don't know why in the heck they would do a call for a $40 <laughs> thing. But right. 
And then I've gotten on calls where I've expected it to be in the range of like a thousand to two thousand dollars, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this ten thousand dollar thing." I'm like, "Whoa, I wouldn't have wasted your time or my time if I would have thought it was that much." So yeah. like, there's times where knowing the price ahead of time can put someone at ease because then at least they know like, okay, maybe I need to cancel this call because I'm not there yet. Or they're like, oh, that actually, that at least it prepares them to say like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. Let's, and I, I've seen their work. I know that they're an authority. Now they have this, they're, they have the ability to go into the call with a yes or with it, at least with an open mind. And that's what a lot yeah. of discovery calls, do, um, a lot of people don't do before they get onto a discovery call or they get into a conversation with someone. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a point of conversation in the wedding industry for sure. I typically, I mean, there are no prices on my website because I need to hear from my clients, potential client, like what they really are interested in as far as, you know, so much of wedding planning is based on like the the potentially detailed and or intense things they, they want to do with their wedding. Um, I remember one time I was talking to a potential client and everything was normal until they said, we're going to have goats at the cocktail hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I just thought, well, the price just went up because I now have to bring on extra people to wrangle goats, which is a very extreme situation. But what I love about about the advice you're giving, you know, it's a kind of sales flow that a lot of wedding pros aren't used to because we're not used to getting people into our email funnels. You know, like we're just not used to that. We're used to very cut and dry. Like you email me. Am I ready? Am I available for your date? Yes. Let's get on a call. Hopefully they'll get on a call. If they don't, we lose them. Move on. Like that is literally what we're talking about for most service-based providers. I love that what you're talking about is like, just create a little framework to me. It sounds like it's a very a light word, just a little framework around this so that you can provide more value and still, you know, what you're suggesting isn't that much work. It really isn't. And it's normally things that you already do. And it's probably the reason why a lot of, if like, if you're someone that's like you budget 30 minutes for your discovery call or for whatever conversation you're having, or even if it's an hour and you're someone who regularly feels like my 30 minute call goes to 45 minutes or my 60 minute yes. call goes to 90 minutes. It's yes. usually because you're explaining these things that you're consistently doing. Yep. And when you take those things out of the call and put them ahead of the time, maybe you touch on a little bit, but it's just to remind them of the fact they've already seen this thing. And you brought up the fact that you don't like to um, tell people to necessarily put prices beforehand. So the two things that I've, because I've obviously worked with some people that are in that those types of industries and I completely respect it. What I've seen work for some people when they don't, when they really just don't want to put the pricing in is either some type of starting at range, or if they build out a, a, a very basic package, like something that literally, if someone came to you tomorrow and said like, hey, my wedding planner drop the ball or, oh, my service or my bartender dropped the ball and I need someone for my wedding on Saturday. Could you, is there a package that you know that you could just throw, like throw at them and you already know the pricing that it would be for and then run with it? It's that type of thing. So for me, it would be if I needed to do a quick funnel where I know this person already has the, um, the lead magnet already done. They already have the copy done. And all I have to do is just basically design a funnel around it. And they have a pretty basic style like they and they know their graphics already. If someone told me that they had those four things and they just need me to build the funnel around it, I can easily tell them, okay, $2,000 and then and go with that price. Whereas obviously if it's something bigger or someone that I don't know, I might have to price it. I would have to price it out more because it's a little bit more custom, but at least that one I can throw to someone to at least give them a ballpark range of them realizing, okay, we're starting around that amount. So if I can't afford that amount, then then I, I, I might, might not be able to be on this conversation. Or maybe at the very least, it starts opening up their mind to, okay, here's pricing ideas. Because yeah. 
for someone who um, I actually, I read Reddit way too much, but someone <laughs> was talking about like doing live, basically someone who does a painting or a sketch yeah. of a live wedding. Yes. And so I personally never been to a wedding that where someone does that. I, I, I can see the work that goes into it, but I wouldn't be able to price that at the beginning pricing of that for, for anything. I wouldn't yeah. be able to budget that without going on a call with someone. I wouldn't be, I would like, I would be like, does it start at like $500 start at a thousand dollars? Like if the, if they're able to say like, you know what, if it's something where you want it to be dancing, it's most likely going to be starting. Like if you want me to start in the middle of the ballroom dancing type thing, then it's going to be starting at X, Y, and Z price that mm -hmm. at least that tells me, or if it's going to be while they're doing the photography and you're standing in front of the chapel and this is what it is and, and you already know what the chapel looks like, you can send me a photo, then I can tell you that it's this price. Being able yeah. to give them something to start with and being able to say starting at means that you can add on extra. So if they come at you with goats, you can be like, <laughs> okay, goats adds this fee because oh, that wasn't goats. my basic package. Goats in the desert. Um, yeah, I love the live painter example because there, we in Los Angeles, we have a ton of live painters. I just booked one for a wedding for this year. Um, I think it was about $6,000, but but they had me, the clients had me. So they said, how much does it cost? And I said, it's about $6,000. And they were like, oh, okay, that's fine. Let's meet with him. Um, but without having the buffer of the planner who knows the pricing, like, yes, definitely. All right, let's go back to this MVB idea because I was thinking just now, in light of the pandemic and in light of what we are now in call, you know, everyone's calling it the wedding boom, whether that's real or a marketing tactic still remains to be seen as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> because I talk to wedding planners constantly who are like, is it busy for you? It's kind of busy for me, but it's not a boom. Like people are very, we're suspicious of the boom. But a lot of us, I think, are running sort of an MVB right now in that where our heads are down and we're just trying to get through our work and we're not really posting on social media daily and we're not writing the blog posts and we're not, you know, in people's DMs trying to sell what do you think about, because I know we don't own our social media platforms, right? But is there something like, is there a baseline, I guess, for like the very least that someone should be doing in order to still say, yes, I'm in the game? So at the very least, you should be having conversations. And that mean, and for me, that means setting aside 30 minutes to an hour to show up where your people show up and answer questions for them. So if there is a Facebook group of wedding people in your area going then answering their questions in there, would be the best place to start or Pinterest being able to um, share pins and get people excited about looks. So maybe for um, photographs from weddings that you've planned and ideas that you have, um, that would be the minimum to be in the game for me. So being able to at least be having conversations and starting conversations that way there's people have your name in their mouth, essentially. If you are going to, another thing that I love doing, like, cause I'm not I'm, I'm really not for creating the content. I'm not doing, I'm not really there for it, but <laughs> I if it. I can, I could spare a hundred dollars a month to make sure that I have four blog posts written. So I do use a service that will just, if it's Fiverr or if it's an actual service, that's just like, write me four blog posts to give me one post a week. So I'm getting at least SEO and someone's showing up there. And if I, my business can support that, then that's what I'll do before. If I can't support that, then it's just having the conversations because then that at least keeps me in the game and it keeps people seeing me because at some point in time, they're going to do a search and they're going to see my name answering questions or someone's going to get their question answered and it answers their question and they were able to understand it and they were able to apply it. But then all of a sudden their friend is like, how did you do that one balloon thing at your party and X, Y, and Z? And it's like, oh, you know, I go to this person because I don't really want to explain it to you because I'm still in my honeymoon phase. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so smart. I love that we're having this conversation because just a few weeks ago on the podcast, we did a whole episode about content creation. And so I feel like this is the flip side of that conversation where it's like, hey, 
if really, if you really don't want to or cannot or do not have the time to create content, here's the minimum of what you should be doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. And because it is to run a business. Exactly. There is. And what I've honestly, like I've gotten to the point where if you go to my website, you'll see the fact there's blogs there. You'll see the fact that I've tried YouTube. You've seen the fact that I will sometimes post on Instagram. So it's not like I'm not doing those other things. I've created passive products. I've done everything else. But to start my business, what I did was have conversations, create created a quick funnel. And what's and so the fact that it's just in a uh, sign up for a call and emails and then a and then getting on the actual call means I didn't have to write a sales page. I didn't have to write a whole long confirmation page. I didn't have to sell to them. I didn't have to do all of the extra things that bog you down and keep you from going there. I did the bare minimum of something that gets them from we talked, you decided you wanted to work with me. I told you how to work with me and you can pay. That is it. Like, I just want you to be, I wanted to make it as quickly and as minimal as possible to get you from you want to work with me to, or you're thinking about it to paying me without doing a whole bunch of other stuff that keeps me from actually doing my job. Because if you're in a service-based business, you're most likely working with that person and doing any, like you, therefore you can't have a bunch of other time dedicated to other stuff. You don't have the time to create a course if you even wanted to. You don't have the time to create a tiny product if you even wanted to. You don't have the time for content. You have the time to work with your customers and book new customers. And that getting in that cycle and getting it to the point where you can possibly hire someone to help you with that cycle is your first priority because you need to be able to feed your family. I think this is such an important conversation to be having right now these days because I think even if someone does feel like I think there's a lot of like feeling like I should be, I should be posting daily on Instagram. I should be writing a blog post a week. I should be, should be, should be. And that leaves us with a big feeling of um, perhaps imposter syndrome or less than, or just like a shame of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing as much as I should be. And so I love your perspective on this because, well, like we said, there's many different ways to own a business. There's many different ways to get to the income that you desire. You don't have to do it like the person next to you, but building this framework takes a little tiny bit of work up front. But like you said, it's probably things you're already saying, doing, you know, advice you're already giving, just putting it in a different location. And I love what you said about having the conversations, because I think maybe somewhere along the line, we've missed the point (laughs) that it really is about conversation. It is. It really is. It's about conversations. It's about creating connections. um, Like everyone always says the like always be selling type of thing. And that's what the idea of like when you walk into networking parties or when you go, when you're talking to other people and someone to me said in a live, um, in a live event, it's more it, for her. The reason why networking comes so easily for her, the reason why business comes so easy for her is because it's not always be selling to her. It's always be connecting. Yes. And that idea for her makes it so she can go and have a connect and she not only connects herself, but connects other people because she can go to an event that she knows doesn't necessarily intrigue her or she can be having a conversation with someone that she knows that she doesn't necessarily have a way to connect with them, but she knows that she just talked to Brian last week who does need their services. So she connects them. And when yes. they have that connection and they have that reason to remember her as the reason that connected them originally, she gets to go back to, they get to end up when they realize like, oh, we need her help because of X, Y, and Z, then let's go to her or let's connect a friend or they feel indebted to her. They feel like they need to do some reciprocity and they're like, okay, someone needs her services. Who can I think of that needs her services? Oh, let's connect X, Y, and Z to her. Right. And when when you are the person that connects, you also get put in the light of like, oh, Alexandria knows everyone. Mm-hmm. She, she knows what she's doing. She knows everyone. She's perfect. She listens to me. You know, so much of that is, it is sort of like, a it's selling, but a totally different 
different energy to it. Exactly. I love it. Oh, Alexandria, you've given us so much to think about. I'm very, very, very excited for my wedding pros to hear this episode because I, like I said, I think we're all, we're feeling a lot of pressure to do all the things. And so thank you for giving us the gift of doing less, but better. Yes. And that's really what I want for people is because I get it. You are most likely staring at a screen for hours on end and just wanting to make money in your business and not necessarily run yourself ragged. So you can end up going home to your family and being present with them. And that is so difficult when you're worried about all the shoulds and all the things that you could be doing. And I think it's very important to start giving yourself the ability to walk away from it and to be giving yourself the ability to say, is this serving me right now? Or is this something I can do later? And when you start paying attention to those things and realizing this thing is not serving me right now, this thing isn't, it, it makes me $10 every other month. So it doesn't work for me. Then you start realizing I can wait to do this thing. It doesn't have to be right now. That's right. Oh, Alexandria, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at alexandriataylorcox.com or on Facebook at Alexandria Taylor Cox Live. Easy peasy, guys. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes so you can go follow Alexandria. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so necessary and so, I don't know, it just feels like freedom a little bit. I love it. It's really one of those things when I tell people, um, even when I have conversations with people on discovery calls and I tell them, why are you doing all that, all those things? All you need to do is X, Y, and Z. I can just feel how much lighter they get. The way <laughs> yes. much they, so I'm excited to be able to share this with more service businesses because when you're in the middle of actually physically doing it, like I'm lucky I get to sit at my computer and do it. I can't imagine having to actually like walk through a wedding and help people with, and help people with all the things. So more power to all of you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're a different kind of breed, us wedding bros. <laughs> we're a different kind of crazy. Friends, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say thank you for sharing your time with us today. I know the time, your time is the one thing you can't make more of. And so I'm always grateful that you share it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 